It's the Braincast, Braincast, the PopBrain.com Braincast, Braincast, listen to the show Because you're in for the PopBrain.com Braincast, Braincast, oh Hello, and welcome to the Anniversary Brothers podcast, where we talk about the anniversaries of your favorite TV shows and movies. I'm your host, Aaron Sarnecki, and uh, joining me, as always, is my brother, Josh Sarnecki. Get me pictures of Spider-Man. Okay, so Josh just, as usual, leapt right in. Uh, We are talking about uh, Spider-Man, but which Spider-Man movie? We're talking about the very first Spider-Man movie to grace the silver screen, um, as far as I know, unless there was some sort of, you know, you know, unauthorized Spider-Man movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so Spider-Man from 2002. Um, and uh, joining us for uh, this podcast is our very special guest, uh, Al Manorino, uh, managing editor of the Pop Break. Um, anybody listening has probably heard him plenty of times on the Socially Distanced podcast. Say hi, Al. I got you for three minutes. <laughs> three minutes of playtime. Uh, hey, guys. Uh, Aaron, Josh, thank you for having yeah. me on. Uh, there's going to be a lot of uh, Macho Man, Randy Savage impersonations uh, throughout the right. entire podcast. But I'm excited to be, it's my first time on the pod. And yeah. I'm excited to talk Spider-Man, my favorite right. character ever, probably. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we, we knew... Um, going in that we wanted a big fan and we heard that you were one uh so it, it seemed uh appropriate um especially since i feel like i mean sometimes you know josh and i get a little flack for some of our well some of my choices uh snow dogs in january was uh questionable if it was snow day i think i would be snow day happier. i remember seeing that movie see snow day was good i don't think yeah. snow dogs was necessarily snow dogs was like a it's good. a bit rough i don't know if that was well. i don't know <laughs> if that was a, a dog pun there when he said that it. was intended that wasn't intended. okay was yeah uh but yeah we're talking about uh spider-man uh spider-man one um spider-man you know I, I was just talking to a friend um, today and I was telling him we were doing this podcast and he said, oh man, that's 20 years old. I feel, I feel old. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he said, he said like the same thing when we told him Inception was turning 10. So no. that was a couple of years ago. Yeah. That's yeah. the thing about anniversaries that make you feel old. It's true. Mm-hmm. Very true. Yeah, yeah, Al, thank you for joining us. And of course. Yeah, excited to have you on. Um, you know you recently did, or you're over the 100 episode mark for the Socially Distant Podcast, so uh, happy to have someone with so many podcasts. On right, yeah, I, I don't know if this will be as, you know, impressive as your Moneyball podcast, but I will try to at least reach, you know, some sliver of, you know, quality impressive impressive or half-assed whatever you <laughs> I want to I, I, I was i was impressed but, <laughs> but anyway um yeah just uh, getting into it um so josh 
I'm assuming that you have a pretty good recollection of when we first saw Spider-Man. Uh, I remember seeing it. Um, we were in fourth grade and we saw it with our parents. Um, and I remember it being, you know, this being Spider-Man, a packed theater. Um, and I remember being super into it. Um, Spider-Man was not a character. I think up until that point, Spider-Man was not our favorite uh, superhero. It was probably Batman. Because, you know, we watched, you know, the Batman cartoon, the Adam West show, and uh, the uh, Batman and Robin and Batman Forever. Uh, but I feel like this, there, there was a period of time when this spider-man movie came out up until maybe batman begins came out that spider-man might have been our favorite superhero do you think that's a fair assessment oh yeah i would totally agree with that and it's it's funny i don't remember seeing it in theaters oh really because I, I i remember definitely yeah i i just remember watching it on vhs like a thousand times mm-hmm. um and and listening to that the what you for me is not a nickelback song but no uh, it's a hero chat 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 krueger yeah yeah just hearing that song like over and over and over again for months because it's because we watched the movie so many times Mm -hmm. um yeah no and i remember just like for like the next couple years just whenever i was bored in class i just like doodle little spider-man drawings in my notebooks so okay (laughs) yeah um fair fair to say that uh spider-man was number one at that time um al do you remember uh your first time seeing this I don't remember the first time, but it probably had to have been like that either that opening w- weekend or within the first two weeks. Like, I don't think I would have let my parents um, at the time, like not make me see that movie or go mm-hmm. see with my cousin or whatever. Um, I remember, I, I remember it being the movie that I saw the most times in theaters. Um, and I always said, I saw it three and a half times while it was in theaters because someone bootlegged it and I watched half of it before <laughs> going home uh, from their house. So yeah, I, I remember seeing it a lot and loving it. Um, just like loving everything about that movie. By the way, Nickelback was like, I think at the height of their power at that time. So even though it was a Nickelback song, it was still like a monster hit. Yeah. And, and <laughs> I remember when Spider-Man 3 came out, I know we're jumping ahead, but when Spider-Man 3 came out, I remember liking it a lot in theaters and then after like thinking about it I'm like wow that was the, obviously the worst one of the three uh-huh. my friend said something I'll never forget because we were in high school at that point uh probably like 08 yeah I was like 08 when it came out and he said I should have known it wasn't going to be good just based off the song it was the snow patrol signal fire <laughs> being the worst of the three like songs when they used mm-hmm. to make songs for movies. Yeah, they literally had one for all three. And uh, Vindicated was a banger, uh, Hero banger, and then Signal Fire was not good, like the band, but not a good song. <laughs> yeah, that's a good litmus test for if a movie's going to be good. Exactly. Well, back in the day when they used yeah. to make songs for movies, right? Yeah, um, and that's definitely something as, as, that um, dates this movie a lot. Um, I think the last superhero movie that had a like noticeable music video for it was uh Avengers. What was yeah, what Live to Rise with the Avengers and Soundgarden. Oh yeah. No. Yeah. But, but, but like, no like, one 
no one knows that. I think. Yeah, no. You I mean, said that, and I had to like, I had to think about it. For right. Well, I mean, uh, I, yeah. I I worked at a movie theater that summer, so when I was cleaning, the, I, I heard that constantly. So, yeah. I, I think the last one of any movie. Yeah. And I don't even know if it. I don't know if it's timing wise or they actually yeah. did it was, um, um, Fast Seven. With, oh, okay. uh, with the Wiz Khalifa. Oh, yeah. 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 See you I don't again. know if yeah. they see you. Again. Did they make it for the movie or did that just by happenstance, like, was a, sing, a signal? Sing, sing, now that's going to mess me up. <laughs> single that they right. ended up just putting in the movie. Right. I don't know. I, I, th- I think it was, I mean, it was a, a tribute to Paul Walker. So I think that yeah. was the, the was intent. Huge, no. huge song. But I, yeah. That's uh, another anniversary for another day. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Um, but um, so, yeah, we're obviously we're all big, uh, you know, we're all really in the Spider-Man either before or after, you know, like I said, Josh and I were more in the Batman, but we did watch the, the Spider-Man cartoon. So we definitely were, you know, familiar with the character going in. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I guess I'll just since um it's been 20 years since it, it came out. Um, do you guys think that, you know, time has changed your perception or opinion of the movie at all? I, I would say parts of it, yes, but not, not, not entirely. I think overall it's aged very well. There are moments of it that I don't think stand up very well um so al referencing the the wrestling scene with uh with macho man randy savage um there's a bit of a a homophobic remark in there that has not aged well Mm -hmm. um and then some of the effects i i think have not aged super well like at one point when the green goblin incinerates the board of oscorp and they turn to skeletons that was scary that was scary it's a little silly um So there's a few things that haven't aged well, but I think overall it's it's aged remarkably well as a whole. And that that uh, the moment that you mentioned the uh, the homophobic remark that was actually just recently like kind of in the news slash like trending uh, the other week because I don't know if it, it was like a, maybe a UK like a BBC one or so, whatever someone was replaying Spider Man the original Spider Man the one we're talking about and they had edited it out and people hmm. were up in arms mm-hmm. and and or applauding that they had done that and it's like it kind of opens up this whole you know like is that the right thing to do should there just be a warning in the beginning of like like should we be like retroactively editing uh old movies based on just like the today's climate because you know at some point it's going to be like what kanye west did to uh, my beautiful no no not um to to my life with Pablo, my life as Pablo. Fuck, I don't remember the title. <laughs> Sorry for cursing. But anyway, oh, yeah. thank you. So he released the album after like months and months and months and months of like anticipation. I know this is going to get somewhere. And even when the, because it was, you know, digital now, we're on Spotify and stuff. When it came out, he had like gone back and kept editing the songs that were released. And I feel like at some point, you're just like, what are we left with here? Because you're just, you keep tinkering and tinkering. Like it should be out in the public. And if like, you know, if that's it, that's it. Like that should, I feel like I'm on the camp of like, put a warning in front of it. Like Uh there's going to be 
things in the past that do not age well. We should not mm. be retroactively uh, editing things. Mm. And yeah, right. like what they do on Disney Plus now. Like they'll give a little bit of a, a warning, like oh, yeah. like this depicts mm. you know princes yeah. are used or like these were cultural like harmful cultural representations at the time mm -hmm. and they are now still like yeah something like that for sure that, i agree uh so you may was it just that specific effect with the skeletons because i was like are you sure it wasn't when they're jumping on the balloons oh well, that also yeah. that, the, the I mean, skeletons listen, are just one part that whole scene is amazing <laughs> so like i can forgive the effects because mm -hmm. like you know it's 2002. Yeah. It's the Thanksgiving Day Parade. Macy Gray is playing. <laughs> yeah. It's just perfect. No. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. I mean, there is obviously, we're what, looking 20 years old now. Mm -hmm. uh, the effects are just, you know. Right. They're not going to age well. But at the same time, if you go on socially distance, we're complaining about the effects in Moon Knight, which is brand new. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you know. Right. Right. You know, something constant. Um, mm hmm yeah but i mean as far as you know going back to it i actually got that vhs tape that we watched it so much and i i that's how i rewatched it for this nice. i said this this is the authentic version yeah <laughs> uh, so i can watch all the the trailers at the beginning and apparently there was a owen wilson eddie murphy movie called i spy that i don't remember Oh, I thought you were about to say the one that had like a couple sequels with Jackie Chan. Oh that? no, not not Shanghai Noon and Shanghai Thank Nights. No, you. Shanghai Noon's a quality movie. I, I okay. can't. I have not seen all of Nights, but um, yeah, no, I Spy. I'm like, oh. I do remember I Spy as a title. I couldn't. Have yeah, told you I was, who was like, in it. yeah, mm. back when they had you know ten minutes of you know trailers before the movie on your VHS but um that you had to fast forward through yeah yeah the fast forward to and fun thing when i popped in the the, the tape uh we didn't rewind it it was on the credits i had to rewind oh. it oh man i don't miss that <laughs> yeah I'm, but, um, I'm gonna say that wasn't my fault um right wait, of course wait, side conversation do you guys remember the first dvd oh i was just had I was just con having this conversation uh, with the, the same friend about a uh, Spider-Man. I said that, you see, I remember it being uh, Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets, but now right. I'm thinking it might have been Attack of the Clones, Star okay. Wars. It's, it was mm -hmm. one of those, you know, those actually both came out the same year as ne Spider-Man. Neither that good. Yeah, neither, neither that. Great. Oh, well, I like Chamber of Secrets. But... Yeah, you know what? All right. I'll give you that it's better yeah. than it's better than uh, uh what is it philosopher's stone whatever it's called oh okay yeah. sorcerer's stone sorcerer's stone <laughs> uh mine was uh i think there was two on the same day so i can't mm -hmm. say one one came before the other yeah and i believe when we got a dvd for some reason uh it was shrek and <laughs> and the uh ron howard classic um how the grinch stole christmas Oh. oh okay yeah that's one of the movies we still have on tape and we did have shrek on tape and dvd for a while yeah by the way i love that movie i don't know why yeah it's not like we, it's well a, yeah you guys can listen we can listen to you. we did a shrek uh podcast uh last oh, year I was, I was gonna say the grinch but sure oh yeah oh, no yeah shrek's good. shrek's good uh but yeah getting back into spider-man sorry <laughs> um <laughs> yeah um that's the call. I, I still, you know, really enjoy this Spider-Man movie. It took me a little while to get into it because um, this movie 
um, is two hours. And most of the first hour is setting up, you know, how he gets his powers, how he decides to become Spider-Man. So, you know, the other two Spider-Man movies and even basically all the other Spider-Man movies besides Amazing Spider-Man don't have to do that. But just like, you know, he's Spider-Man. Just just get into the story. Yeah, I mean, it's 2002. We are like two years after X-Men has yeah. completely changed the landscape for the comic book movie after it was ruined by Batman and Robin. <laughs> so, Fair. you know, people were buying up properties left and right and um, Sony having the rights to, you know, the biggest Marvel character of all time. Mm-hmm. A character that even pre-2002 would just like globally recognized mm-hmm. it's spider-man it's Superman, right. it's batman like those are already like the three that people cared about so i think it was it, it was a no-brainer right um mm-hmm. yeah it just it, i think you had to go through the origin because mm-hmm. this is the first time people are seeing him on the big screen right and you know they did not have to do that with the garfield reboot um i think they just it was like again the height of right. reboot culture right. where right. everything was getting rebooted everything and mm-hmm. so they're like okay let's start from scratch let's make it gritty make it dark like batman begins but spider-man but like they're like but we just mm-hmm. we just told the origin like 10 minutes ago mm-hmm. they're like no don't care let's do it and i remember um uh was it uh mark webb mm-hmm. by the way the best name for a director of spider-man <laughs> movie ever yeah. but mark webb um like I think opening weekend or the the Monday following opening weekend of Amazing Spider-Man, he tweeted out, okay, no more origins. Like he literally, he said it himself. He's like, all right, I had to do it. Now I don't have to do it anymore. Let's get right into it. So, no. yeah. Yeah. And this way of really uh, fantastic sequences, like in the beginning of Spider-Verse, where it's like, okay, here we go. One last time. Yes. Where they're making fun of it. Like yeah. they're just mm-hmm. like, you know, we have to tell you these origins because there's 30 mm-hmm. new characters. Right. Let's let's make it like a comic book right. i love that yeah. right yeah. I, I guess we 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 didn't even mention what the plot of the movie is but i guess to briefly summarize that you know peter parker is average high schooler gets bit by a spider gives him superpowers and he has to fight the green goblin who is the villain of the movie and is secretly the uh, father of his best friend the uh uh scientist uh you know billionaire uh, Norman Osborn, and uh, that's basically the movie. It is. <laughs> I see. It's basically yeah. you got it. It's, you nailed yeah. it. Which is funny that, like, obviously, like that's that's what the comics are like. You I know? mean, Spider-Man Three is so much more complicated. For like, oh yeah, I have to like set. Oh, you know, Jesus, don't even start. <laughs> don't even start. Yeah. But yeah. It's, it, it's wild that like it took so long to get to this movie, which is so similar to mm-hmm. you know. The comic premise when i was reading that this movie was in production early pre-production like development hell for years like since the 80s and at one point like they wanted to make it into like a horror movie where the studio didn't even know who spider-man was and they're like oh yeah he's a guy who's like he's like a werewolf he turns into a giant tarantula right and i mean like, that there is a there is a comic storyline there is and it, and it wasn't the cartoon he turns into a giant spider he grows <laughs> first he grows extra arms and then he turned into a giant spider yeah but yeah. It, like it took them you know more than 15 years i think to make to get mm-hmm. to this point you know, you know granted i think that they could have maybe done it but i i just don't think 
like they were able to make Christopher Reeve fly and it looked, you know, pretty good for the time. But I don't know if they could have convincingly made Spider-Man swing across New York City in the 80s. I just I don't think it would have looked good. I think the timing was really right. I, you know, I've already mentioned that this is uh, two years after X-Men, the, yeah. the original Fox X-Men kind of, you know, blows up what we think about a blockbuster and a superhero movie. But at the at the same time, also in 2000, we are introduced to Ultimate Spider-Man, mm-hmm. the uh, Brian Michael Bendis, Mark Bagley run that is basically a, you know, it's kind of a reboot, but not really. They, they make this entire alternate universe where they get to retell the origin of Spider-Man and the introduction of all of his villains and rose gallery and friends and family and stuff. So not that this is like a direct adaptation of ultimate Spider-Man, but that was such a wildly successful um, thing for Marvel at the time in 2000, that it probably, you know, helped, you know, draw interest into, you know, making the movies, not, you know, a Marvel movie, but in the sense, mm-hmm. it's just like comic books were still pretty popular then 2000. Um but also not the best time post the nineties, uh, you know, um, kind of pump and dump, you know, death the of clone, Superman clone, at all. Clone no, saga. I was going to say just yeah, the clone saga, but you know, the nineties, there was this comic boom, just like mm-hmm. everyone thinks or bubble where, you know, death of Superman, all of these things, people thought that these were going to be, you know, million dollar comics and they bought up everything and then they try to sell uh-huh. it the next day and they lost money. So, oh, there were so many. It was a gimmicks. crash. There was a crash and, you know, it was still recovering. But I think the Ultimate Universe was one of those things yeah. that was like super wildly successful and profitable for, you know, Marvel almost went bankrupt at mm-hmm. one point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, just throw that out there. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's, um, I mean, this probably just had to be so, you know, after having so much financial trouble and then to have such a colossal hit was probably just like felt so good for everybody at Marvel. The like, you know, we still have a place in popular culture that's, you know, enormous. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. especially because not only did it take so long to get to this point, but it bounced around to so many different studios like and. Um, I know you, you both mentioned before we started recording that like James Cameron was attached at one point. Um, so like it's, it went through like a very circuitous journey. I, I wonder if they're going to make a movie about the making of this movie. It's all right. Yeah. They'll do a, like what they're doing with the Godfather right now on Paramount plus they'll do uh, whatever. I well, can't I, think of. I, buffer. I, I would love, I would love for them to adapt my uh, my uh, former professor, who was my mentor, uh, Tara Bennett, uh, and her writing partner, Paul Terry, wrote the history of Marvel Studios, the first uh-huh. decade, uh, which is this incredible, like, you know, th- not 300, it's like two volumes in a set book that charts the entire history uh-huh. of Marvel Studios. Um, and the funny thing is, like, Feige everyone you know kevin feige mm-hmm. you know everyone thinks like iron man this guy you know started marvel studios and all these things his first jobs were associate producer on x-men and spider-man and he worked on all the spider-man movies he was a uh, you know he uh interned and then worked at uh with uh, richard donner like mm-hmm. everything starts with feige it's crazy when you think about it everything good or bad marvel movies starts with kevin feige mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah that is, that is sort of like 
he, he's sort of like I don't know, like the where's Waldo, or you're like he's he's the guy hidden in the, the photograph. He's like he, there he is behind so and so, the man behind the curtain. Yeah, yeah, um, for sure. But um, I guess we talked a little bit about the plot of this this movie. It is very basic. Um, that um, especially now considering like so many superhero movies feel like they need and and spider-man movies feel like they have to have multiple villains that i think that you know they made a very i mean obviously green goblin is the most iconic spider-man you know villain i guess number two would probably be doc ock and number three would be venom but uh debatable that's debatable fair. yeah it's, de- uh, it's fair uh so i mean i they, i think they they made a great choice in um and just uh, we're, we're going to tell this sort of parallel story. The first, you know, half of the movie is going to be how Spider-Man becomes to be and how the Green Goblin becomes to be. And then they'll converge in the second half of the movie. And I think that even though it feels a little slow at times, it's just like, OK, he's still in high school. Let's get, you know, through this part. Like once it gets to, you know, the part where you know, Uncle Ben dies. Uh, the The movie really picks up speed. Yeah, yeah, and and I do think it's important to establish, you know, Peter Parker as a as a character because I, I think one thing that this movie does so right is really nail the tragedy of like his origin story, um, of like making you believe that, like, yes, he deeply cares about his aunt and uncle. But also, like, he's got this, like, longing to be something else. Um, and that because of him, you know, essentially being willing to look the other way and not live up to the values he was raised on, you know, he is indirectly responsible for his, you know, his uncle's death. And, like, mm-hmm. I think that only works if you really build up that sense of, like, why he would do that. Like, why he would be willing to, to let the criminal go by um and just how impactful that would be yeah i think you know people especially after no way home spoilers uh (laughs) people were like you know arguing like who's the best spider-man or who you know right and i think holland is like overall the best like peter parker or spider-man i think andrew garfield may be my favorite spider-man but not necessarily peter parker because he did this thing well where he gained confidence when he put on the suit Hmm. which i thought was great because that's a very like peter parker thing like i am the nerdy lonely kid and i gain the confidence when i put on the suit that's who i really am spider-man the great thing about toby was like he kind of set the bar for everyone and it's even though he looks 45 as a high schooler, like a 45 year old man, I'm 31 and he looks older than me in that movie. It's nuts. I, I, he's still so innocent and so, you know, nerdy. And so, you know, like per, he acts like the, per, he, it's really the performance that does everything where he doesn't matter that he looks like he has an AARP card. <laughs> he, he, plays it so well and you truly believe that he is you know peter parker and you know the 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 quips and the jokes as spider-man 
uh, probably were funny to me when I was 11. They're not Mm -hmm. that funny anymore. Um, And, you know, we've gotten better Spider-Man after that, but he totally sets the bar Mm -hmm. in this for sure. Right. Yeah. I mean, he does have some quips, you know, when the, the Green Goblin comes into Jameson's office later and, you know, he, he just shoots the, the web in, into Jameson's mouth and says, you know, let mom and dad talk. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's good. He's, he's got some good quips, but I, I think I, I, Toby yeah. Maguire was better as Peter Parker than he was as yeah. Spider-Man. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, so... And then you have I, Willem Dafoe, who just kind of like steals the show. Oh he yeah, I mean, does truly. Um, I, I I did you know hear a, a, an interesting sort of complaint about a little bit about the way they portray the Green Goblin that, that they sort of he should be he shouldn't have this sort of guilt about being it about he shouldn't have like this. T- um, multiple duality. person yeah, yeah it shouldn't be the duality because he's already kind of been established as being a ruthless businessman but i think it's forgivable if that's a complaint because the scenes that he's just talking to himself are so fascinating to watch yeah, yeah. oh my god i mean i think the most quotable the things that my friends and i still say to this day are defoe like yeah. quotes you know um the one that we always do is uh and we kind of butcher it because we, we yeah. make fun of it. he goes um he's talking about killing mj he's like i'm gonna kill her nice and slow something like that and we always, <laughs> go, we always go nice and a foe <laughs> every time right. but I, I i don't know he was so great in that right yeah. i think he was yeah. like the first true like outside of um Outside of uh, Ian McLennan as um, is it, I think it's McLennan um, as Magneto, like he was yeah. like such a great comic book villain that mm-hmm. we got in the early two thousands, and right. again setting the bar uh, for the franchise, which you know, thankfully Alfred Mer- Alfred Alfred Molina can't say my own name um, <laughs> was up for the task, um, yeah. and then we get the third movie of it. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, the thing about Defoe is that he really finds this wonderful balance between like the menace and like threatening nature of the Green Goblin, mm-hmm. but also the incredible camp. Like mm-hmm. when he is in the burning building dressed up as oh <laughs> like a crying woman with her baby, like it's, it, it's both terrifying and hilarious at the same time, just because mm-hmm. of how he sells it. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's also a strangely... And it's sort of part of the plot. Uh, he has this sort of warmth when it comes to Peter that he obviously doesn't have towards his own son. You know, like he's just like so proud of Peter and so disappointed of of Harry. And he, you know, even like he offers Peter a job at one point. Peter's like, you know, I you know I want to make it on my own. He's like, I respect that. <laughs> he's just yeah, like, I- wow. It's like I know who you wish your son was. Well, that's my only complaint about this movie looking back on it was the how quickly he was able to turn on Peter, yeah, knowing who he was and willing to, you know, you know, kill his his only family, his right. girlfriend. Um like if you're gonna make that, you know, 
I love the whole aspect of him like ignoring yeah. Harry and loving Peter, but like, <laughs> I guess it doesn't um, s- not serve the plot. It hundred percent serves the plot, but it just is like you put so much effort into building the re- this relationship between them. But he was so quick to let the goblin persona take over and yeah. you know exploit it. And I just thought, I don't know. Right, he wasn't it very it up perfectly for No Way Home. Like twenty years later, though. <laughs> right? That 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 is a, that's a good point. He's not very conflicted. It's like as soon as he figures out he's Spider Man, it's like okay, I gotta kill. Exactly, that, that, that's a good point. Um, I do appreciate the kind of Darth Vader, Luke Skywalker nature of it. Like he first tries to like have them team up rather than kill mm-hmm. him. I appreciate that. I feel like that's a good angle. Right, Al, you, your your quote wasn't you know, you know we are not so different you and i yeah that, that that's exactly. a quality or i'm something of a scientist myself yeah I'm so, something, yeah, yeah. I'm so, I'm something of a that that got myself. a huge huge laugh oh yeah for sure um i God, guess the movie is so good i need to buy that on blu-ray like tomorrow. right i i think it's interesting that i mean we, we talk and talk about um harry and James Franco doesn't really have two, like he's kind of just like as side character as side character can be in this movie. He's just sort of like, yeah, he he's there for the plot, but like he, he obviously he becomes more important later. Um, yeah, which is maybe why the uh, the third movie suffers. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like maybe they didn't really established that like they they almost don't seem like friends because like he's just so jealous of peter all the times yeah i it's it's interesting because then you know they try to rectify that a little more in the garfield ones with uh dan dahan yeah where it's like they are very friendly and close and everything it's just like what if he was rich like yeah basically that kind of I'm trying to remember the plot of that movie, but I know <laughs> they were friends. I remember them being friends. Um, and I remember Dan, Dan DeHaan being like white hot at that time and being in mm. every movie uh, post uh, Chronicle, which I yeah. loved at the time. But uh, Max Landis is a notorious douchebag now. Um, but anyway, no. sorry. I liked Franco. I, I was, I, I'm, you know, again, a notorious douchebag also. Nice. But at the time, and I was kind of always a fan of his uh, right up until the disaster artist, which he was great in. And mm-hmm. right. You know, and this, this was coming off of uh, freaks and geeks a couple of years earlier. Yeah. Yep. Which was, you know, cult hit of, well, I shouldn't say cult hit cult, you know, cult hit after the fact. Yes. Yeah. Like a firefly, like it yeah. lasted a season. And then everyone was like, why isn't this coming back? Yeah. Yeah. No, I think, I think James Franco is, is, is serviceable in this. Um, I'm not the biggest fan of James Franco overall. He he feels kind of like a one-trick pony mm-hmm. at times. Um, but I will say, if if the script doesn't know what to do with Harry, it really doesn't know what to do with MJ. I mm-hmm. feel like Mary Jane is really given not a lot to do with here. Like they just really have her kind of waffling between like a lot of unhealthy relationships. Mm-hmm. It's like she's right. like whether it's like with Harry or with right uh, like her her family. It's right, like, I guess that's sort of like the point that like she's comes from an unhappy household. I know a lot of people were just upset in general that 
she is very different from the comic book character that she i i don't know too much about like the backstory but that she is more of the gwen stacy girl next door as opposed to the party girl that mj is traditionally yeah very strange they kind of try to make like make an amalgam of both of both gwen stacy and her um as one character and then later we get a you know a gwen stacy yeah that, no unnecessary unnecessary you, you have a blonde playing a redhead and a redhead playing a blonde In, insane um yeah i you know what i think she has more to do and is better suited in the sequel mm-hmm. um in spider-man 2 um and you get to see that love story like play out and of mm-hmm. course like her like trying to follow her career and things like that so mm-hmm. um she definitely has more to do in the second one but yeah the first one they really didn't know what to do with her Mm-hmm. No, like at all right uh and i don't blame kirsten dunst for that i feel right. like no. a lot of people go after no. her for new that jersey. Yeah. Think that's new jersey's fair. own new jersey oh own. really kirsten okay Dunst. i did not know that we can claim her yeah yes yeah. a lot of people didn't like her performance i think it's it's fine i actually think that like we talked about the performances in this movie but i i don't know if it's a combination of the acting directing writing i guess it'd have to be all three but I actually found that um, a lot of my favorite scenes in this movie were just dialogue scenes. Like it was, was not the action that um, this movie, like it, it's sort of like expected nowadays for you. Like, Oh, your movie's got to have heart, but like I have not watched a movie with as much heart as this one probably in, I can't, you know, it is very sort of like a Frank Capra. It's a wonderful life. You know, the reference one of Josh's movies like this, it's just over, you know, flowing with how much heart is in this, this movie. And to the point where like these characters will have these conversations and I'm just hanging on by every word. Um, uh, and yeah, some people will be like, okay, it's a little cheesy. Some of the, you know, stuff, the, the part where like Peter is, you know, basically telling Mary Jane how he feels about her, like can come off as hokey. Uh, but like, I, I don't know. I thought it was, you know, really sincere and I think it really worked. Yeah. That, that moment in particular is, is touching. It is also not the most organic um just like the writing is kind of choppy, but you're right. There is, there's definitely heart to it, which I think is appropriate for Spider-Man. Um, I think this, this movie captures the essence of the character as being someone who constantly goes through terrible things and has terrible luck, but still is a good person and always cares and does his best. So. Yeah. For, I, I couldn't agree more. I, no, not much to add other than like, there's a reason I saw this movie three times in theaters and it wasn't yeah. just because I was seeing Spider-Man swing around a lot. Like I really like just loved the story throughout, you know, mm-hmm. it was well paced and it, just chock full of heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I'm a little curious though, to hear both of your opinions on some of the more like uh, controversial parts of it. Like Hit me. how do you both feel about like the organic web shooters? Oh yeah. yeah. So interesting. because i got into comics in actual like physical comics books if you will 
um, in 2007. So um, I believe it was like this January, December, January 2007. And uh, my friends took me to uh, our local uh, like Holiday Inn or Hilton or whatever. And they had this like comic book show. My friends are both big into comics. And I said, where do I start? Like, what, what should I do? They said, well, they just finished this um, thing called Civil War mm-hmm. that um, had all the heroes fighting. Like, just go read that. So I literally went to every table, found all seven issues and started reading. <laughs> and it was hooked instantly. And I'm like, oh, let me see what's going on with Spider-Man. And at the time, it was written by J. Michael Straczynski. Um, and he had organic web shooters oh. it was part of him because of something that happened earlier in the run called the other long story but regardless he has organic web shooters a couple like years ish later they reboot spider-man with uh one more day very controversial also um and he gets rebooted and he has and he has the web shooters and me not remembering pre-2002 mm-hmm. i'm like wait what are web shooters? I totally, I never knew. Mm-hmm. I never knew that he has, he started right. with web shooters. So it was just interesting mm-hmm. that you mentioned that. So it's not controversial for me because I kind of mm-hmm. lived like with it for such a long time for mm-hmm. five years, knowing that the, that he had, he had um, the organic ones. Mm-hmm. So not controversial for me. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of weird that he has the web shooters though if you really think about it like it <laughs> yeah, made it, more sense in 2002 yeah. than it does now yeah where's it coming from right like, yeah it just comes made? out of his wrist well yeah i was always like it comes out of his yeah. bite wound but like he, he both wrists can do it so mm-hmm. uh yeah i i see the argument for both uh, apparently this was a carryover from the james cameron version yep mm-hmm. makes sense um yeah. which i I will defend it, um, even they, if it is a little gross, because of. I mean, comment... it could come out elsewhere. <laughs> well, yeah, but right. no. I, um, I remember in in high school, or a friend from high school made a comment that, like, without the organic web shooters, is he really Spider Man, or is he just Sticky Bug Man? Like, yeah. what makes him a spider other than right. the fact that he gets bitten? Like, right? Yeah, because you don't seem like necessarily crawl fast. No, mm-hmm. he crawls like at a mm-hmm. swift pace but i wouldn't say like he is like mm-hmm. i don't know at a spider speed or maybe yeah. it is right. he just kind of yeah. looks like a spider when he's doing it so really right. like yeah i i agree yeah i mean the the argument for it is that and they play it up both in uh amazing spider-man and uh the uh homecoming i think that it is a showcase of his intelligence and how he can uh, develop this, you know, super adhesive web compound. Yeah. And it also, I think, adds a little bit more uh, tension. Yeah. Tension because like, you never know if he's going to run out at a terrible moment. That's true. I don't, um, I don't know if that's happened recently. I know in amazing Spider-Man, the lizard crushes his web shooter. Ah, yes. Yeah. I have a controversial one for you. Go for um, it. And this might be my poor memory, but Josh, you just watched it, so help me out here. Oh, how, I'm the one he, who just watched it. Okay, Aaron, you just watched yeah. it on VHS. <laughs> how does he? How does he pay for the suit? <laughs> I was just wondering how he made it. That's the thing. He makes the suit. 
Does he borrow money from Norman Osborne to pay for the suit? That, that's never explained really with a suit. He has a, the like the hoodie and the the hockey mask, yeah, or whatever. And then all of a sudden he has the suit, and it doesn't really make sense. I know with Amazing Spider-Man they like tried to make it look a little more realistic. They like gave him like sneakers, which I didn't really like, but. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, it, it just kind of comes out of nowhere. It's just like, yeah, he has this suit because he was drawing a picture of it. You know, yeah. they just had a comic book artist. It's like, look, Tobey Maguire is such a good drawer. <laughs> yeah, no, there's there's no way he could have made that suit himself. Like, it's yeah. way too intricately designed. He would have had to like, yeah, get some Osborne money or something. Right. Um, is it like the order of operations? Like he literally talks to Norman Osborne and he says like, oh, Peter, if there's anything you ever need, let uh, me know. I mean, Something like that. Right. Then you, yeah. Then you see him have the suit. I mean, it, it could. Is there a deleted scene here where we, could we see be. him like go to the yeah. bank and it's him and Osborne, like, <laughs> right. hey, I need to borrow some money. Can't tell you why. Yeah. Yeah. Peter actually steals money from Harry when he's not paying attention. Um, but but on the on the 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 subject of the suit, how do you both feel about the the webbing design on the suit itself? Oh, what to the fact that it's like the silver web? I think it looks cool. Yeah, like the texture of it. Very, very 2002. Very, yes. very like, we need to make this very silly thing more realistic. And I think it's cool. Like, mm-hmm. think of, again, going back two years before X-Men, they ditched the iconic like yellow costumes and everything uh-huh. and made everything like leather and uh-huh. slim fitting and all that kind of stuff. So um, this was like, all right, we can't not do this movie without the costume. Right. How can we make it feel more real, more cool, more mm-hmm. streamlined, more of the time? And I think that's where you get the, you know, the webbing and the, the silver, which, uh, you know, by comparison of the three suits that we've seen, you know, three main suits. I think uh, mm-hmm. Holland's up to his like 200th different suit at this <laughs> right. point. But, you know, from Homecoming, I think, uh, you know, it's not until the last scene of No Way Home where we get like the actual, like legit, this is the Spider-Man suit. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I go in my head every once in a while. I'm like, well, what about this bat suit or that bat suit? What about the bat suit they're using now for, you know, the Batman? Like there, there are pros and cons, I feel like, um, to, to all of them. But overall, I think it's, you know, quality, um, a quality costume, um, much better than, I don't know. It just, it translates a lot better than, I don't know, like the Fantastic Four costumes did. No. Yeah yeah that's fair that's fair <laughs> that's that's fair yeah. for sure yeah which version it, of fantastic four right well <laughs> yeah yeah or, or i mean we, and he's not like wearing like a, a rubber suit like like uh the thing wasn't that so yeah yeah no i i think the suit works well but i think the the webbing texture the silver webs it 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 does lend to the idea for me that like there's no way peter could have made this himself like for sure i don't i don't trust him to have art, the technical art, know-how artist and craft it yeah yeah i don't think any of them could have made any of the suits right mm-hmm. literally like i don't think garfield's could have been made right outside, he, it's, of, it's not... outside of the sneakers like it's still fucking right. intricate like it's right. pretty cool yeah, looking. yeah. It, it's I not like it tom it's holland not... though they explain that at least yeah you know, Do he's they? got that he's got that stark money oh yes you're right 
Oh yeah, yeah, because he doesn't act that. That's actually the best explanation ever. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. someone gave him money, right? And um, but yeah, it's not like that or you know, Batman. You know, he goes in and Morgan Freeman gives him a suit or something like that. Well, that was for spelunking. That's not yeah. for, that's <laughs> totally unrelated. Totally unrelated. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, cave diving. Yeah. 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 Oh, can we? Do, can you guys bring me back on for the anniversary of Batman Begins? Oh, we did it um, already. Wait, was that? Oh, that's oh five. Oh five. Oh, so you we'll, did a fifteen? Yeah. yeah. We'll revisit it. We'll bring you back for that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um. For the twenty. Yeah. yeah the twenty. Yeah. It'll be our first redo. Revisit. Yeah. Um. When I guess some characters that we didn't really talk about. Um. I mean. I don't know if there's much to say about J. Jonah Jameson other than just massive praise. The maybe the greatest casting decision of all time. Yeah. I'd... I argue with me a better, like perfectly casted, like here is a literary or comic book or whatever character. We need to find the human equivalent of it. Right. Mm. I dare you to give me a better mm-hmm. example. Right. And I, I think, honestly, it's it's interesting because um, if we talk a little about, about the tone of the movie, this movie really straddles the line on like camp and like it camp self-aware and at the same time somehow taking itself seriously enough that you're just like not like rolling your eyes. Um, so like J. Joe Jameson is like a comic book character he feels like a comic book character but like he never feels out of place in this movie like he should not exist in this movie i think that's all sam rammy it's sam yeah. rammy and and uh please give me the actor's name because i'm too tired oh uh, uh, jk simmons thank you because it's yeah. always very close to j jonah jameson yes. jk simmons yeah. I mean, again perfect casting it's up to, i mean i think it's both of them i think sam rammy like literally was like all right i know they want you know me to make x-men again but i need to do it my way and he is you know a fan mm-hmm. of the camp and you know from like the, mm-hmm. the evil dead movies and things like that so like i think that was a perfect balance of like we're gonna mm-hmm. make this feel like a comic book but at the same time make it feel like it's a live act like spider-man could be real mm-hmm. um and then you got jk simmons with the performance of a lifetime Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah i mean it's, it's you you can't argue with it i mean i i know last month we talked about uh legend of Korra, and i i praised more of jk simmons work there i feel like anytime jk simmons appears in something like what can you do but praise him right. uh even if it's something as small and forgettable as like the justice league movie it's like well yeah. it's jk simmons i mean you gotta love he got, right. he got ripped for, that movie. <laughs> for no reason he wears a trench coat but I mean, another recent comic book work of his is Invincible. He's mm-hmm. doing mm-hmm. amazing work as Omni Man. It's like mm-hmm. I didn't. That was one where I didn't think of him as that character, but now that's mm-hmm. all I can think about. Right. Yeah. So that's just he's just great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's it's funny in terms of like thinking who could have played him because for the longest time, Stan Lee insisted that he would be the only one who could play Jade jonah jameson i would have loved to see that um damn it but but Ed, by the time this came out he agreed that he was too old for the part probably yeah like 1980 yeah spider-man yeah that, that would have been, been amazing yeah. he would have yeah. been pretty good 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and he does have a cameo in this movie that is pretty much a blink and you'll miss it. Yeah. Right. Um, it's just during, yeah, just during the the uh parade. And, and I think there's one obviously the the one by the time they got to Spider-Man 3, they're like, okay, we're not hiding that Stanley's in this movie. But like, yeah, I think both of them he just saved somebody, one and two. You you know the uh, the fun surprise cameo in Spider-Man 2? There is a cameo in Spider-Man 2 that is not a cameo. Ooh. Yeah. There, I'll give you, I'll try to give you another hint. Okay. So, I need a hint. Okay. So Spider-Man 2 comes out in 2004. Mm-hmm. Right. The same year as another Marvel movie. And the main actor from that movie is in a scene, but not on purpose as a cameo. Ooh. Yeah. I'll give you guys like a second. Go. Is it one of the Fantastic Four? No. I, th- I, I'm, I thought Hulk came out in 2003. Shit, wait. Am I getting the... Oh, I might be getting the movie wrong. No, I'm not. 2004. Okay, go okay. for it. Sorry. 2004. Spider-Man 2, end scene, um, Mary Jane leaves her wedding in the wedding gown and goes to meet up with Peter and tell her like she loves him, right? That is the movie. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. When she's running through the park, you can clearly see Thomas Jane in the background. Oh, the the Punisher? Punisher. (laughs) Oh, okay. The Punisher. (laughs) I thought for a second. Also came out in 2004 also oh, okay. a marvel movie and not on purpose i was gonna yeah. say i don't even think he i think he was just an extra or something mm-hmm. but yeah that happened oh okay but i've never i thought you were about to say ben affleck was in it <laughs> oh that's close that's a year that's 2003 oh yeah. okay at, at first i i thought you were gonna go for just like the uh required bruce campbell cameo right it says like it's not even a cameo it's just bruce campbell that's true but there are a lot of Really think small he, is appearance. he is he part of the Illuminati? Like what is he what is he in the in Doctor well, Strange? He's gotta oh. be big, right? He's gotta be someone big. I, I've seen some theories. Uh I, I think he could also be one of the watcher. I think that would also be pretty That'd funny. That'd be cool. I would like yeah. that. I'd like that. Uh, um, but there are some like really wild, like quick moments in this movie where big names appear. Um, so we have Octavia Spencer in this movie very yep. briefly. She is. Is she yeah. in the, uh, the bank? Is she in the That's bank? her? She works at the wrestling match. She's That's the one who signed Peter. She's the wrestling match. Yes. Oh, yeah, wow. Right. Um, also, yep. Lucy Lawless appears at that point, too. Um, as a wrestler? As a punk rock girl who... Got it. Is... You know, oh, she's one excited. of the people, like, uh, like saying, like, he's going to kill you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're right. um, and then this is not so much a cameo, but a, a young... Uh, Joe Magnello Ma- Ma- uh, or something like that. Yeah. Yes. Um, who looks very out of place in high school. Oh, oh, he does. Well, I mean, that- <laughs> Toby McGuire is the most out of place. Of he, mall, you know, sure. he does. He doesn't want to fight Flash, and Flash wouldn't want to fight him e- neither. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Um, I love oh, and- Magnello too. Yeah. Uh, also, Elizabeth Banks works at the Daily Bugle. That's right. right. She's in all three, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. She is. Betty. She's Betty Brand, isn't she? Yes. She is. 
Yeah. Yes. I know this. I'm a fan. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> by, the, by the way, for, for people who have never heard me before on a podcast, I named my son Parker. Just throwing yeah. that out there. I'm and that's why we invited you. There right. you go. <laughs> yeah. Um, so do, do you think that, I guess we talked about like the, oh, well, I didn't even get into a, a couple other characters I want to talk about. So um, we don't really have like a full, you know, set to compare to for all of them, but like, uh, as far as versions of Aunt May and Uncle Ben, uh, how, how do we feel about these versions? Uh, I mean, of, of the two Uncle Ben, um, this one... I mean, I, I, this one? I mean, this one, I, I just... I, this one pulls at my heartstrings, so... Mm-hmm. Or when he, when he holds his hand... Um, I'm, it stop, falls. I'm going to start crying. <laughs> I'm going to start crying if you don't stop right now. Um, the, the only issue I have with um peter's aunt and uncle in this one it's just the the age of it all like it just like are, are these are his aunt and uncle or they like seem more like his great great yeah. aunt and uncle right and they make that they're joke that old in the comics yeah i don't know it's so much more believable in the mcu they made that Marissa joke Tomei. in in True. uh in civil war where he says like can't believe you're somebody's aunt i think it's an old person <laughs> <laughs> that but that's my only qualm. also I, I think also there was a romantic comedy i don't remember what it was with marissa tomei and uh robert Downey jr don't remember what it's called yes mm-hmm. yes i know what you're talking about just they like make- there was multiple movies there are at least like two different movies where uh scarlett johansson and Chris Evans are love interests. Yeah. Also, Bradley Cooper. Oh, plays Rocket, right? Uh, I think it's Bradley Cooper. I don't know. There's Scarlett just this. Johansson. There's just this one movie where they try to steal the SATs. Oh, uh, I love that movie. It's called The Perfect <laughs> I, Score. I love The Perfect Score. That was a, <laughs> I think that was an MTV movie. That's a great. I love that movie. It sounds yeah. like an MTV movie. It's such an MTV movie. Yeah. Wow. God, I want to watch The Perfect Score. <laughs> Let's see if that holds up. That's a great movie. That's like um that's like 21 with uh mm. with uh you know unfortunately Kevin Spacey like that yeah. has a ton of good people in the right. cast. Um and it's kind of forgotten, but based mm. off the a book by the same guy who wrote Moneyball. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Yeah, we will tie it all back into Moneyball. Uh <laughs> yeah, it's called bringing I think the, the actual book is called Bringing Down the House. And then yeah, they, they called yeah. it 21. Right. Oh, I thought you say it's called Bring It On. I was like, that's a very different movie. That's, a, that's, a, that's another Kirsten Dunst. Uh I was we also gotta, we're gonna bring it all back. <laughs> I was a little confused when I first uh well there's a couple of things that I was confused about, both having to do with names. First that I always thought her name was Kristen Dunst. And then it's like, no, it's Kirsten Dunst. Kirsten like, Dunst. Yeah. Kirsten's is like, okay. And that, the second one was that you have to be, I was, you know, you know, just a young boy back in the day. I was a little confused that they talk about painting the house and uh, Uncle Ben calls Peter Michelangelo a couple times, even leaves a note for him. Yeah. And I said, wait, why is he calling him Michelangelo? Is that his, is that his real name? So I, I I left the movie thinking that Peter Parker's real name was Michelangelo. <laughs> I'm so glad that you just told us that on a podcast. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, I, I think another another reason would have been acceptable that that was his favorite Ninja Turtle 
um right yeah that would have been good right um Um, i do love that interaction though that's like running nickname like that's such a like an mm -hmm. uncle dad joke and it's that's an uncle thing for sure um there's also for some reason that reminds me you you i don't know what it's called there's this one somebody edited the part where he runs up the wall uh as he goes down the stairs and they edit it so it looks like he kicks Uncle Ben in the head. Oh, <laughs> and now I can't watch that scene and not think of that. By the way, <laughs> if we're talking about like dating ourselves, I remember I'm like 11 years old when that movie comes out. Yeah. From that moment on, whenever I saw a staircase, I'm like, can I do that? Mm-hmm. And I probably tried it multiple right. times. Right. Okay, so when we find out that Al is in the hospital next week, <laughs> we'll know why. Right right um unfortunately the basement is a spiral staircase so that would not i would not go well mm-hmm. um but yeah um i i think that like i said i think this movie somehow manages to set a tone like i know some people were kind of off put by the fact that it is very goofy at times or very sort of you know heartfelt and you know the people you know wanted something a little more dark so they kind of went that direction later on they kind of tried with spider-man 3 and kind of decided halfway through they're like you know what no this is a fun movie uh but but then 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 with the amazing spider-man movie at least the first one um they definitely tried to the ground it more, but I feel like, like that that first Amazing Spider-Man movie is I didn't really like it at the time, but like it's a decent movie, but it's just not as fun. This movie just has a sort of, you know, the fight scenes aren't, you know, super complex, but they're entertaining, and even though this movie is, uh, you know bright and colorful that last fight scene with them in sort of you know whatever the abandoned like apartment or whatever i don't know what it's supposed to be is still pretty you know you know brutal for at least this movie up until that point yeah i mean starting the trend of you know peter having to get his mask torn up or lost yeah yeah last fight. andrew garfield was like we take time. a andrew garfield was like i like how they did that we should take a, a note from all that <laughs> And that would be weird, honestly, because like his his suit, the eyes move. So like, what if like one eye moved and then had his That'd face? Be cool. That would be yeah. interesting. Does it winks the villain to death? Yeah. Um, As it malfunctions. What if like if that happened too? Like just like sparks in his eye, like right, the, where, yeah. where where it was missing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um. Uh, but but yeah, I think that's just like it's not gonna win any awards for you know best action movie but like it it definitely it gets the job done um and even if we're talking about you know josh and i and we we talked about batman begins batman begins love that movie action scenes are horrendous are shot and edited horrendous they're bad they're They're real bad bad. i love i love that movie so much so much the fighting isn't good and mm-hmm. it's you can't see it you it's can't not see a, it that, not... that was a a post you know yeah. born supremacy you know action movie that they were like well 
yes but i think like even though they're terrible movies the uh the ben affleck ones mm-hmm. um especially uh batman vs superman that end scene where you get to see like arkham asylum yeah. batman was like that was some of the best right. batmaning i've ever seen right um and they kind of haven't done well before or since <laughs> right yeah they 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 are they've they've learned some lessons at least um yeah uh as as somebody who is a fan of jackie chan movies it's hard to like he should just choreograph everybody's movies so it's like i I have a very high standard when it comes to action (laughs) yeah oh you know my favorite like action movies are like the gareth edwards the the raid movies yeah not gareth Gareth edwards is it no it's not gareth edwards oh my god i'm I'm, I'm losing my mind now that's the dude who directed like godzilla Mm mm-hmm thank you so the raid movies are amazing and this this upcoming uh one uh bullet train looks Mm -hmm. in insane too and that's you know uh, one of the john wick guys and like i love that Mm -hmm. and i wish we get that in like a batman movie or or just like figure out we literally got it we got it with deadpool he directed Mm -hmm. deadpool too Mm -hmm. so the fight scenes of those are great um Mm -hmm. i don't think they'll necessarily translate well for spider-man because he's mm-hmm. literally beating up like low-level thugs and stuff but right. i definitely yeah. i think we're on a better track with the the mm-hmm. holland verse when it comes yeah. to the fights mm-hmm. yeah i mean i i think part of it might be that the character is more interested in like rescuing civilians than he is in fighting yeah mm-hmm. so there's a greater emphasis on that Speak, um, speaking of rescuing civilians so the, the, another controversial moment in this movie that angered, like this movie got a lot of praise when it came out, but there were a couple things that angered fans, like the web shooters. Um, the fact that they recreate the Gwen Stacy bridge scene with Mary Jane as sort of just like a throwaway, this is the climax of the movie. Yeah, I mean, I can see that stirring some some controversy just because once again they already kind of didn't melt those characters together so but i don't know like it's a callback right yeah i agree i think they made they try to make the uh give the best of both worlds like oh we don't have enough time to do gwen stacy as well to do the love triangle Mm -hmm. um let's just put them together and then if we Mm -hmm. can you know call out some moments for fans Mm -hmm. like Um, that what do you guys um what's your opinion of the sort of like rah-rah moment where all the new yorkers you know help out spider-man it's 2002 post 9-11 it was probably like contractually obligated to be in a movie set in new york so right that was probably um, a late addition to the script yeah and another fun fact the teaser trailer yeah to spider-man featured the twin towers which was uh eventually taken off of uh future like releases and stuff right yeah yeah he like caught a like a helicopter and like in between the towers in between the twin towers yeah yeah so crazy uh, yeah i think it is i don't know like do you do you believe it's very similar in the vein of the the people trying to protect spider-man went in the train like do you believe that people would put out their you know put their necks out for spider-man well that's the thing and i was going to make that comparison is or it's even like you can compare it to like 
the like the scenes on the fairies in the dark night like it's trying to like believe in the good of the average person well I, that's the kind of like the thesis statement of this in so many superhero movies is that it's not only about the heroes saving people it's also about them inspiring you know uh their communities to like live up to their potential and mm-hmm. to then see if their hero is in danger you know that helps mm-hmm. them rally together so i think it is a little cheesy, but it, it goes back to, you know, the core of this movie. Like, you know, it is, you know, unabashedly, like, mm-hmm. heartfelt at its core. Uh, in the same way that it, it reminds me a lot of thinking about, like, more recent comparisons. Um, like, the first season of The Flash is is very similar in the way that it, like, it's, it's meant to be kind of, like, hokey sometimes with how, like, uh, you know, heartfelt it is. And that's right. okay. Right. You know, it's just sometimes you need a good pep talk. Yeah, yeah. I think the moment in the train is much better, though. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean that that one. Yeah. The, the the this one isn't really iconic. It's memorable, but not like yeah. When people talk about Spider Man Two, I, at least for me, that's like the the scene I immediately yeah. think is that, that whole sure. train stuff. Yeah. When uh, you think iconic for this movie, you think of the upside down spider-man kiss oh hey hey that's right and and when you think of the third one you don't (laughs) (laughs) you erase it from your memory Uh memory. i'm gonna i'm gonna give him credit for like trying to like add a little like zest you know a little you know romance in this movie i think it 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 works it it is very like i don't want to say it feels artificial but it feels very much like you know we need something to make this movie popular that people remember it for uh-huh. Um, it did win the MTV MTV Movie Award for Best Kiss. It yeah. did, which I, is I was, all that matters. <laughs> oh, I mean, it's it, it's right up there with the EGOT. You know, that's that's, that's what people are aiming for. Um, you know, it's funny. I listened to a, a podcast the other day um, on Spider Man Three for the the villain is right, which is a mm-hmm. podcast I love. So, which um, villain is right? There are like three villains in that movie. Sandman. Yeah, Sandman was definitely Sand- right. That was Sandman their right. Um, But they were saying that, you know, there is like a pre-Spider-Man and a post-Spider-Man where before Spider-Man, there's only like two types of kisses that had names. And then like this was added to the lexicon. Just everyone knows when you say Spider-Man kiss, this is what you mean. Right. Is the other one French? French, I think was the other one. And I think with tongue was the other. I think that is French. <laughs> yeah, I, I think they, they flubbed that one. But yeah, they definitely did. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I do think probably one of the most iconic moments of this movie, if not the most. Yeah. Right. I think it is. I think I think that is probably the most iconic movie. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, movie, yeah, but yeah, they, the they definitely, you know, they were very, you know, you know, this is what's going to make the movie popular. You know, the, the Chad Kroger song is going to make this movie popular with Hero yes which, there's also which, a... if you watch on the vhs after the movie you get to watch the music video oh you're blessed you're blessed with the music video yeah yes. um, yeah. yeah i think i think it uh so many factors at play to what made this movie such a like a huge success and like a, a movie that like you know wasn't just a success for comic book fans or mm-hmm. like like it was general audiences like mm-hmm. my mom loves this movie like oh yeah I'm like sure a lot of people like that and there's a lot of factors at play you, you mm-hmm. mentioned a couple the the the, the hit song that mm-hmm. literally is about being a hero um the spider-man kiss for you know the 
the romantics and the female audience and whatever you want to have you um and then just sam rammy you know just knocking one out of the park Mm -hmm. no yeah there's a reason that you know in uh no way home when toby Maguire first comes on screen that audiences everywhere just lost it lost it lost their shit because they love they've been loving this man in this role for 20 years it also does help that he's been like relatively quiet like his career hasn't been like not that he's not been successful yeah it's never he has not since this franchise Mm -hmm. had a very like loud presence or a like unfortunate presence that's another big factor he's never had like any like bad press bad you know me too Mm -hmm. or um just being a shitty person that's james that's franco a, yeah, yeah like but that's a huge part of that too mm-hmm. it's just like we mm-hmm. loved this character in this role for 20 years and we miss him and we haven't mm-hmm. seen him i hope it starts a, a toby sans right yeah. yeah just like we're in the middle of a uh, garfield sans oh yeah andrew garfield i i'm not the biggest fan of him as spider-man but i i do generally really like him as an actor and i'm very happy to see how successful he's become he never he doesn't miss like even if it's like not necessarily a good movie he doesn't miss he's Mm -hmm. good he's a good actor yeah um i think uh oh just a couple lines that i noticed in this movie that i think were i think that they actually mention Eddie Brock in this movie before he makes an appearance in Spider-Man 3. When they're talking about getting a photographer, they mention Eddie. They don't say his name. They say, oh. we, you know, Eddie's been working on, you know, Spider-Man for months or something like that. Oh, that's cool. I never uh, noticed that. He was cast and they did actually film scenes with him in the movie, but they oh, okay. n- who never were released. Oh, well, yeah. who, who, who was cast? R.C. Everbeck? Never heard, heard of that person. Okay. Yeah. Um, there's also I just noticed an interesting callback that um, so when Peter this meets- dude would have been a perfect goddamn Eddie Brock <laughs> <laughs> wow wow I have to look it up now my lord he looks just like Eddie Brock mm-hmm. sorry that's great that's, sorry. Uh, that's yeah, cool. that would have worked sorry. yeah sorry. Uh, <laughs> but um when Peter is talking to Mary Jane and she's like telling him not to tell Harry that she's like a waitress. So she says the, she says a line, don't tell Harry. And then later that's what Norman says when he dies, he says, don't tell Harry. So I feel like that was supposed to be, (laughs) yeah, I think that was supposed to be a callback that I think I never noticed before. Yeah. Um, I know we're not on this yet, or it might not be just but like plot things yeah why does peter bring dead norman osborne back to his house i'm still trying to figure out why he brought he took mary jane like halfway across the city after he saved her at the parade yeah mine's worse i feel like <laughs> yeah well where, where do you think he should have put him uh hospital 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 okay the well police. i guess he's <laughs> like the fuck the somewhere he could explain what happened so harry doesn't think he murdered him that's a good point oh i guess i guess wait no everyone knows that he is uh green goblin right 
I don't think anybody ever learned that until Spider-Man 2. That's when Harry found out. Yeah, yeah I don't think that was common knowledge. So then how did Alfred Molina know it? Hmm. Maybe it was common knowledge then. No, no, I'm I'm, I'm serious. You, yeah. I like how you refer to him as the actor's name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah he wrote the script. That's how he knew it. Alfred Molina. <laughs> how did Doc Ock know? Yeah. So Doc Ock knew in that timeline yeah. that Norman went crazy as Green Goblin. Hmm. I don't know if the general public did. Yeah. And I could say that the argument could be made that Peter brought Norman back to the house so that it just looked like he he said that spider-man murdered my dad again a lot of inaccuracies inaccuracies here but that always bothered me mm-hmm. right yeah not the, the the best thinking on peter's part no uh, he's just like i'll just leave him here with this you know giant stab wound and you know people won't question it and i'll make it look like you know uh i killed my best friend's dad yeah. and <laughs> make him know specifically I mean, from, from Spider-Man 3, we all know it's the butler's fault for not telling him sooner when he knew the truth. But And, and then it's funny that yeah, people if people were like, yeah, don't you couldn't have told me that. But then I saw somebody make the argument. It's like, well, Spider-Man could have stabbed him with the glider. And then that's what he tried in, in the new one. It's true. It's true. <laughs> um, yeah. Also, something else I noticed in this movie is that there is a huge overuse of the word amazing. They said, you're amazing. He, he's amazing. He, it's like, yeah. oh, I, I, is he the amazing Spider-Man? I think I get a sense that he's the amazing Spider-Man. <laughs> Do you think if they went all in on X-Men and called it the uncanny X-Men back in yeah. 2000, do you think we would have gotten the amazing Spider-Man in 2002? Uh, I don't even... It's possible because even it's the Hulk, incredible Hulk. Yeah, they right? just they just it was Hulk. Hulk. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Even though like nobody, it just feels like a weird title. Like it yeah. should be the no Incredible one, Hulk. Yeah, no, I don't think anyone used it up until. And then what? What is Daredevil? Amazing. Daredevil is like Daredevil. Man Without well, Fear. The Man Without Fear. Oh, I thought he was like the the I don't know something. Daredevil. No, it's like yeah, it's like Thor. Mighty. Uh, no, no, Mighty Thor or Thor the God mm-hmm. of Thunder, and yeah, Daredevil's just it's like Daredevil colon the man with the yeah head. okay yeah yeah but yeah definitely like they could have been like hey you're amazing hey you're spectacular <laughs> yeah well that's hey, one thing I like about friendly. the games yeah <laughs> that's one thing I like about the games is that like the different ratings for how well you do in fights is like it's it's that like the amazing spectacular ultimate like scale oh, okay uh, it's, it's cool. wonderful. Oh, um, right. yeah. Al, if you, if you are interested in video games, you would love the Spider-Man video games. I know, but I have an Xbox series. Oh, X. yeah. Oh. Yeah, I, rem- I specifically remember you saying that once. Yeah. Uh, I think we did the E3 coverage, and you said, I have an Xbox, and I said, that's the problem. <laughs> I, know, I know, I know. I do like me some Halo, though. Yeah. Fair, fair. Um, so I think kind of just wrapping up a little bit i mean like what do you guys think the the legacy of this movie is because like al kind of already talked about how like the state of superhero movies um in the early 2000s but like i'm if i'm gonna be honest i think that the 2000s were 
especially starting with like X-Men and Spider-Man, which is such an exciting time because I think, it, uh, you know, we did have, uh, you know, the Superman movies, we had the Batman movies. I mean, obviously the Batman movies in the 90s are very hit or miss besides Batman. You know, I can only really say Batman Returns is probably the only one of the 90s Batman movies, live action anyway, that are good. Uh, but like this was a time where I feel like superhero movies were just getting better and better with each iteration that, you know, you had X-Men and I was like, wow, that's really good. And then it's like Spider-Man. I think Spider-Man up until this point was probably the best superhero movie that had been made. You know, the only movie that I think rivals it is, and it's been a while since I've watched it, is the first uh, Christopher Reeve Superman. Like those are like as iconic as Batman 89 is. I think this movie is a lot better than that, than that movie is. Um, And then like, you know, you next year after this, you had X2, which was like even better than the first X-Men. And then you have Batman Begins and yeah. Iron Man and the Dark Knight. It's just like, it just kept one-upping. I'm like, of course, yeah, you had, you know, your Hulks and your Fantastic Four movies, but it's just like, there was this general progression of like, they're really stepping it up. Yeah, but we only get five years of this period. And in these five years, we get like a wave of comic book movies. Mm-hmm. And not everything on that wave was amazing or spectacular <laughs> or even friendly neighborhood. Like it literally, there's a lot of hit or miss, right? Uh-huh. You already mentioned X2, obviously a, a fan favorite. Hellboy is in 04. Yeah. And we're starting to somewhat explore this darker, you know, grittier, you know, more realistic and also like more like adaptable from the actual source material 2005 to get batman begin batman begins christopher nolan like an acclaimed crazy acclaim like oscar worthy director is making a batman movie it changes everything i think 08 with dark knight it really and iron man specifically at the same time that's that's where we're we are here now and still it's still happening it hasn't really evolved Mm -hmm. since the only thing that you can say is is more involved is you know scale Mm -hmm. and connectivity and you know now we're talking about linking things that are happening in the television the in the movie space like i think that's the wave we're in now but like this these first four years where we get spider-man the one movie we're talking about was like such a fun exciting as Aaron said, time, because it was just like, throw anything at the wall and see what sticks. And literally this one stuck. Mm-hmm. And I, I will note that I actually looked back at, uh, uh, Logan Fowler wrote really, very early on. You might remember this, uh, he his top 10 comic book movies for the site bill definitely remembers this because it was one of the most popular things on the site at the time i remember and he uh he put spider-man at three behind uh dark knight at two and uh iron man at one and you know i can't really like argue with him like at the time when he wrote those like that i think i i forget what the other seven were but um i'm sure like the other movies that i mentioned um 
some of them you know x2 was probably on there mm -hmm. so uh i i think that this movie has definitely fallen into the shadow of spider-man 2 and but i think you know uh that's sort of undeservedly so that because people remember yeah. spider-man 2 was sort of like like the one they loved and then spider-man 3 is the one that they were disappointed with but like this is where it all started like this is the one that had to do the heavy lifting and it for the most part did it you know extremely gracefully and i think of the three you the three that you mentioned and logan uh, at the time being super smart iron man being number one i think it's because it is a amazing like movie from start mm -hmm. to finish entertaining great script great cast great direction great effects and it literally launches the next decade plus of a continuous story mm -hmm. crazy whereas spider-man this the one we're talking about right now is great especially of the time but things got better and things didn't and things got more advanced and all that kind of stuff but like it's definitely of the time period whereas i think if you watch iron man now or 10 years or 20 years from now it's going to still feel pretty modern mm -hmm. um and batman begins i think people are always going to look bad down on because of bale's uh batman voice mm -hmm. just that little just people have to just dig in i, I don't <laughs> mind it i don't either um, but no, to, to kind of echo what both of you said about this movie's legacy, um, I, I don't know if like we would even get to this point um, in like superhero film unless this movie had been successful. Like if if for whatever reason this movie had bombed, like I think the entire landscape would be different. Like I don't think I don't think they would have been able to take risks on, um, you know, lesser known characters like iron man or mm -hmm. uh thor like i i think they would have said like no like if spider-man didn't work nothing's going mm -hmm. to work and they would have just given up for a while right and um, this movie like it made like 800 million dollars which is like almost twice now you know that amount of money yeah. like it, this movie just was ridiculously successful yeah yeah so yeah, a success at the time. I think it really is is a huge reason why Sony's thinks they can still keep creating some sort of Spider Universe. I mean, outside of Spider Verse, I've not really been that impressed with anything they've done. Um, but also, you know, it's it's given us. You know, we we've mentioned several times, like No Way Home. I think is a huge success in large part because of this film. And then I think to, you know, kind of bring things to, you know, the present, you know, we have uh, the new Doctor Strange movie coming out this month with Sam Raimi as the director, which I don't think he would have gotten to this point unless he had done this movie and had I mean, success. are you sure it wasn't because of that, you know, the Oz and Great and Powerful? I mean, I'm pretty sure that's why. You know, I think Has he'd to bring rather it back forget to about yeah. <laughs> it's all connected it's all connected like a i only a watched that movie because zach braff was playing the monkey <laughs> <laughs> that's a reason that's a reason <laughs> it's not a good reason but it's a reason it's a reason yeah. yeah so no i i think there's so much within the industry itself and aaron i, I know you've gotten superhero fatigue more than 
Al and I do at this point, but yeah. um, I think if you're to blame anything, this might be one of the first places to blame. Oh yeah. I mean, I, you know, I, sometimes I get a little tired, but like every, when I watch a, you know, a good movie, if it has a superhero or not, you know, I appreciate it. And for, this is definitely one that I definitely appreciate. I just wonder what happens if this movie bombs. Does this, does this end the superhero um, blockbuster or do we jump to Batman Begins a few year, years earlier with the, mm-hmm. with the gritty, right. I think reboot. that if this movie bombs, it really jeopardizes Marvel's standing. Um, I mean, I don't know how much money. It's did. more Sony than anything else. Yeah. Because Marvel does not exist really. Right. Until but I guess, 08. Right. Well, I guess Marvel as like their An entity. Yeah. Yeah. Their pop culture footprint at the time well if x-men's a success mm, we're still getting more x-men i'm just saying if spider-man's not a success do we right. get do as josh said do we get to where we are now i think that somehow something would are? be would be different but it's hard to tell hmm. what it would would have been different i think yeah. that I don't, I don't know because like then like the hulk movie didn't really work out and then they were very no. they were very <laughs> they're very willing to or the punisher or daredevil or yeah and, and or they were very, but especially with hulk they were very willing to you know go back to the drawing board and come out with a new movie not that long after it was only like five yeah. years but that was you know when they regained the rights yeah and were able to do themselves but like i guess I guess what I'm saying is like uh, I don't remember the comparison, but I know X Men was a hit at the box office, but was Spider Man like much more of a hit? Like crazier? oh, I, am, I I I don't know the. the I'll number. look it up. Okay, because I know Spider Spider Man like, was the uh, the third highest grossing movie behind uh, Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets and uh, Lord of the Rings: The Two Towers. So. Yeah. Um, so X-Men, the original, made almost $300 million. Oh, that's it? Globally or? Uh, Globally. Like, what? That's, yeah. that's yeah. it? Yes. And Spidey was 800? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So if we don't get this, we don't get the masses to care about comics, to mm-hmm. care about comic book movies. X-Men, $300 million, that's like, movies are made for that now exactly so it's like that that could have been all the geeks where spider-man was freaking everybody Mm -hmm. and that's without this movie we do not get to where we are today and i think that's it's how we have to look at it and it's a great and also it's also a very enjoyable enjoyable movie Mm -hmm. 20 years later which makes me feel old af (laughs) yeah 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 no i i have to agree uh, especially i mean like you said al like there was such a a run of like hit like misses yeah. that if if you didn't have this alongside x-men like is, is you, it you have the steel movie with the with shack oh gosh <laughs> i think you needed this alongside x-men to show marvel not not just you know sony but like all like the, the different areas where marvel kind of sold off the rights to their characters yeah. showing them all of them like you know what this is actually something we can do 
uh, or like, is this going to be a waste of money? Or are we just going to have another Fantastic Four, another Punisher, another Hulk? Like, I think you need this alongside X Men in order for the the genre to take off as it has. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, do you guys have anything else uh, just to add about the movie? Uh, did oh, did you did you guys Al? Did you have the CD, the music from and inspired by the movie? Probably. I don't remember it specifically. That was uh, something that they had back then. I know. <laughs> I do remember. I remember the toys. I remember all the merch. I remember. Yeah, we, we definitely had a Spider-Man toy. Yeah. And, yes, and he sure. had like a little like web that I remember. He was always like hanging off something. Mm-hmm. I remember just loving this movie to the mm-hmm. point where I went back two more times, which was right. rare for me. I didn't go to the movies. I didn't go see the same movie three times mm-hmm. uh, in a theater. I would pr- probably wait until it got to VHS or DVD. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I will add that, you know, in terms of our love for this movie, Aaron, I think it was somewhat represented in how much we played the demo for the video game in right. that Kellogg's box. Right. Well, actually, what's funny is they love tied the that game. into the movie, but it was actually the previous video game for the PlayStation 1. It wasn't the Spider-Man movie video game. Uh, yeah, well, we didn't even talk about how good the video game was. The Spider-Man 2 game was great. Yeah. Yeah. Great. And the reason being is because you actually got to see where the webs were landing. Like you like <laughs> I remember Spider-Man 1 you just shot into the sky. You're like there's nothing above me <laughs> at all. Mm-hmm. How am I swinging? I have no idea. But it was a fun game. I remember mm-hmm. loving both of those. Right. Great games. Yeah. Aaron, any closing thoughts for you? Yeah. Uh just that um spider-man can do whatever a spider cam uh i I don't i don't there's not too much to to say about this um other than if you listen to this movie or to this podcast and somehow has never seen this movie i feel like that's something that needs to be corrected (laughs) agreed agreed so, um, uh, Josh, just in, in closing, uh, where can people find you? So people can um, find me other than, you know, these podcasts that we do every month. They can also find me on the, um, the end. The end that's this podcast, the Anniversary Bros podcast. You can find me here. Um, you can also find me at the TV Break podcast with um, Bill and Alex, where we talk about the ins and outs of TV each month. Um, so we're have another episode we're going to be recording this Tuesday. So, um, that'll probably come out before this or around the same time as this. So, um, people should look out for that. And in some alternate timeline, I've written multiple versions of my column for the site, um, which I will hopefully get into in this timeline as well. Al, where can people find you? I know, uh, we talked about your other podcast. Yeah, you can find me every week uh, with also Bill Bodkin, who is now on 70 podcasts. Um, You can find uh, both of us on the Socially Distanced podcast uh, on basically every podcasting platform that I can think of. Um, We just hit 100 episodes, but uh, basically the format of the show is uh, we just talk about stuff that we like. And uh, right now we're doing uh, weekly recaps of Moon Knight. 
Um, so you can uh, catch up on those or check out the finale, which will be this week. And uh, I don't know if we'll have a Doctor Strange episode, but I am seeing it this weekend. So I'm very excited. Uh, and you can mm-hmm. find me at Al Manorino on Instagram and Twitter. I am a concert photographer for thepoprate.com as well. Uh, you can see my recent photos of Wolf Alice at the Stone Pony. Um, and then I shot Lord uh, at uh radio city music hall for newjersey.com and hopefully you will see some more photos on the popbreak.com very very soon mm-hmm. yeah and uh as for me uh you can find me at aaron sarnecki on twitter uh, i usually just talk about movies i've watched uh i haven't been on there too much recently i did see recently everywhere everything everywhere all at once um and i, I see it so badly I, it is the strangest movie I've seen since Eraserhead, um, <laughs> uh, but a lot funnier than Eraserhead. <laughs> so that should be on the poster. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, and I, I also write stuff for the the site. Um, I, it's been a couple of months. I, I wrote a review for um, speaking of Spider Man, Tom Holland in uh, the Uncharted movie. Um, not sure what my next uh, review will be, but I, I always keep an eye out for what's available to write about. Awesome. Very cool. Yeah. And Al, it's, it's probably good that you preface that you're over, you know, uh, photographing those concerts before you said that you shot Lord. Cause yeah. I was like, wait, what a, wait a second, Al, what are you doing? I know there's no good way to say it. I'm, I mean, I'm taking photos of, yeah, it's too, long. I mean, Al connects with Spider-Man on a whole different level because yeah, he's a photographer. Exactly. I yeah. did that. I didn't do that on purpose, but yeah. I did that on purpose yeah. subconsciously. Subconsciously. So, yeah. uh, Josh, do you want to close it out? Yeah. Yeah. Well, just want to once again thank you, Al, so much for joining us. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's yeah. Been fun. Yeah. And thank you all for listening. Uh, I hope you you will join us again next month. Uh, but until then, remember, with great power comes great responsibility. Oh, yeah.